Hello and welcome to, I think it's episode seven of One Chance, the podcast where we try and capture the experience of listening to a record in its entirety for the first time. Each week, Sean and I listen to a record that we haven't heard before independently, and then we get together and share our reflections about what we thought about that record and hopefully give you a snapshot of, of what it's like. Um, Sean, I'll hand over to you so you can explain how people can continue to support the podcast. Awesome. Hey, um, yeah, so the best way to support the podcast, as always, is to share it with your friends. Um, you can find us on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, on Anchor FM, and pretty well, pretty much anywhere else that you listen to podcasts. Um, outside of sharing it with your friends, rating us, leaving us reviews is really helpful. Making sure you subscribe to the podcast so you you get the, first, the episode when it drops every week. And yeah, and then follow us on Instagram and on Twitter. Um, I will put the links to that in the description of this episode. Fantastic. Thank you, Sean. Uh, next, for those that have listened to an episode before, is the bit where we introduce our musical taste, but rather than talking about ourselves, we take it in turns to um, introduce the other person's musical tastes. Now, we've been trying to do this in a different way each week, and now seven episodes in, we might be running out of uh, things to say, but let's see if we can still find a way of doing it. Sean, is it you or me to go first this week? I can't remember. Do you want to go first? I'll go first then. Um, I would describe Sean's musical taste as um, the music... If you if you imagined if you've ever seen the, the Tom Hanks film Big, where suddenly a, a teenage boy or maybe even a child I can't remember ends up in ends up in an adult's body, kind of living an adult adult's life, I imagine Sean's music taste would be the kind of uh, music that 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 weird sort of child sort of man figure would listen to. It's interesting. I don't know. Like we don't talk about these before, but I feel like we're weirdly in sync on what what sort of reference we're going to make about each other's music taste some weeks so i would describe will's music taste will's music taste as someone who has just launched their first year film project at university trying to pick a soundtrack of things that people wouldn't necessarily recognize or maybe not even enjoy both going with the filmic references this yeah. week um well, we're another week where we managed to just about um, get through uh, finding new ways of describing each other's music taste. At some point, the wheels are going to come off that bus, but I think at the moment we're just about trundling on, if you'll excuse the laboured metaphor. Um, Sean, what record have we been listening to this week? Okay, so today uh, the record we're going to be talking about is the debut studio album from an Ontario-based four-piece called Arm's Length. They formed in 2019 and released their first EP that same year. In 2021, they released their follow-up EP and shortly after announced they would be releasing their first full-length this year. Um, from the get-go, their musicianship and production value has really stood out. Um, they are self-described as an emo, post-hardcore, moody rock band with an honest and heartfelt sound. Um, I personally feel they have the potential to reach a huge market, um, a very likeable band today we're going to give our one chance review of never before seen never again found by arm's length i am your baby bird catching
thanks very much for that, Sean. I feel like after a very divisive week last week with the um, special interest record, it will be um, it'll be interesting to see how we've come down with this. Um, and apologies for those people listening to the delay in getting this out. Um, both of us have been ill this week. Um, I had an absolutely stinking cold that meant I was just not capable of recording on our usual Wednesday evening slot. So um, I still sound pretty rotten, but I'm at least kind of understandable. But that's why there's been the delay in getting it out. Um, I feel like, and this is something we talked about last week, you were saying that that maybe the reason there's been a better hit rate with the ones that you've chosen over the ones that I've chosen is that you tend to be a bit safer. Um and I think it's interesting. I feel like with all of the ones that we've listened to so far, as soon as I press play on the ones you've picked, I'm like, oh, I can 100% see why Sean listens to this band. I can see where it kind of fits into. And I would say that was exactly the same with with arm's length. Um, sometimes in good ways, sometimes in ways that um, was kind of less successful for me. Um, but I thought it was... Um, I thought it was an interesting record. I thought, like, it's interesting that description um, that you kind of gave with the band there. I think all of that stuff comes through. There's a there's like a sort of early 90s kind of first wave emo kind of feel to a lot of the stuff that the bits that kind of reminded me of like American football or mineral or stuff like that. But then there's that kind of very melodic post-hardcore or even sort of pop punk kind of sound and it's like a weird mishmash of them and then it's a bit more like a classic straight up rock record in places um so it was a very like pleasant record to listen to i think when it works for me um it 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 really works i think there are some songs that are a bit more forgettable it doesn't quite click into gear and we'll maybe get into as we go through the record kind of why why i thought that was but it'd be great to hear before we start to get into the details sean what was your kind of overall initial impression i say it definitely felt like a safe record for me this week and i didn't go into expecting it to be as safe a record as it was um like one the only things we talked about before recording was that i'd not realized quite how new a band arm length arms at length were when i suggested them i had one of their tracks garamond had come up on a playlist i listened to a year or so ago and sort of thought this record would be more of that and some of the tracks i imagine the ones you're gonna um, like because they're similar to the ones I liked are similar to that Garamond single that they released or the EP that had Garamond on it and then there are a few more more forgettable bits I think I didn't know they were a young band but in hindsight you can tell they're a new band on this record you can tell they're still finding their feet a bit and they've got sort of a formula that like you say works when it works and sometimes just becomes a bit a bit forgettable there were definitely tracks that I I feel like I glazed over a little bit on. Um, it was very listenable, very easily enjoyable, but not always a strong song. Um, sometimes just enjoyable as background noise more than an actual, like a song that you would remember, I guess is the only word for it. Like not one note. One note is not what I mean. Like it definitely had a a theme through the record and a guitar tone and everything like that sort of stayed quite the same through the record. Um, and it did, like you say, become a little bit forgettable in places. I really enjoyed it. It was a record that definitely, if we'd been doing something a little bit heavier or a little bit more outside our uh, our wheelhouse, I'd have struggled with this week being ill. Um, so it was a nice one for me while feeling a bit run down to be able to put on and, and check out. 
Yeah, I think it's really interesting you use that word formula there because it very much feels like songwriting by formula. Like, what are the ingredients that w that we want to use in our songs? And like, we'll basically not the exact same combination of those ingredients every time, but sort of some combination of those. So, you know, they've got the sort of quiet verses, often without drums and like sort of gentle guitar, really clean singing. And then they'll kick into those more kind of angular, I mean, still not heavy, but I guess more sort of pop punky um, kind of choruses. And they do that loud, quiet trick um, throughout. And I'm definitely not knocking the the loud, quiet, loud thing. I mean, the Pixies have made an entire career, or Pixies have made an entire career of it. Um, you know, Nirvana did it brilliantly. Like, there's all sorts of bands that do it. It's an interesting dynamic. It just feels a little bit like they sort of run out of ideas and they're like, "Well, this this is the gimmick. This is this is this is the way that we do our songwriting." And it was a, it's a, it's a little bit like they kind of sit down and go, "Well, we need to have this bit here, and we need to have this bit here, and we're going to have a soaring sort of middle eight. Um, and when the songs work, I thought they were really affecting, but when they don't, they just, it feels like songwriting by numbers a little bit and, and they just were a little bit more forgettable for me. Yeah, I think we've got a fairly similar view on the record from the sounds of things, which is is nice. It's, um, I say nice, it doesn't really matter either way whether we feel the same about them or not, but it does, uh, yeah, it sort of reaffirms like what you've been thinking when you sort of haven't discussed it, go to speak to someone about it and they say, oh, this is how I felt. And you're like, yeah that is how i felt as well whereas sometimes like i've said before you can sort of come into it being like i actually uh i'm not sure how i feel about this whereas this one i feel fairly certain of of what i felt about listening to the record um let's let's dive straight into what what was your sort of top pick track on the record will that's a really good question um so one of my big things with this record was that i felt the choruses just were quite forgettable they didn't like they had the loud quiet, the quiet loud thing, but they didn't have like a really engaging lyrical hook or the riffs weren't that engaging. So they're just you're like, oh, this is quite good. And if I was watching it live, brilliant. Like I think they I think these these songs would make a lot of sense in like a sweaty sort of club show in some like dingy punk basement or whatever. Um but on record they just felt a bit flat. So when the choruses are really good, I was like, yes, this is brilliant. Um, I thought Object Permanence, which I think is the second track on the record, had a really good chorus. Um, that was something like, please come and shake me when I'm done getting my sleep. Um, my dreams have been so fucked and I don't know what it means. And it's not particularly original or insightful. Like that, there's any number of bands that release songs with a sort of vague spin on that and that's probably true of the lyrics across the record, but it just worked. It had it had like a a rhythm and a, and 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 the rhymes in it worked, and I just thought it had a really engaging chorus in a way that some of the other choruses, by the end of the song, I couldn't have told you what they were. They just kind of washed over me. Whereas I thought object permanence worked worked really well. Um, yeah, like I said, it's not not hugely original lyrically or or in terms of its music, but it's just one of those ones with it with it where um, where it works really well and where they get the sort of loud loud and quiet dynamics and the shift working really well. There's a really like slow quiet bridge with just those gentle vocals and kind of strum guitar that's really affecting um, in that song. So I thought that was one of the ones that worked much better for me. Yeah, um, that's funny. So that's actually the track I've chosen as our the little clip we use 
after I've introduced the record, that's the track I want to use in that space. Um, it's that I think it's the second verse or the third verse I want to put in the uh, "I am your baby bird, catching every other word." Um, whatever verse that is, that's the the little bit I'm going to use as the intro because I think this that was probably one of the strongest tracks on the the record. I think it was the first single they released off the record as well. Like it was the song they released to be like, this is what we're doing. Um, and you can sort of tell that you can tell that a lot more time's gone into the, the Brighton and production of this one, as opposed to some of the other ones. Um, yeah. Interesting. What you said about it feeling like not original. I do like, I did think about the whole record. I could be listening to almost any sort of, of that first wave noughties, emo like american midwest emo music it was all, all nothing wrong with that like big part of my music taste is is based around enjoying that sort of music and that's why i enjoyed this but yeah without it being yeah. a criticism it was it could have been any number of bands writing this record i think and and that was that's not negative like sounding like bands that have been very successful and very popular is is a good thing but yeah it, if you listen to garamond or you listen to um watercolor which is their first ever track they've got more of a sort of unique post-hardcore emo vibe to them like it's a bit heavier in places and a bit more it just gives a bit more for me a bit more difference um whereas this felt a little bit safer than than the other stuff i'd heard before this record um but yeah, ob- yeah. Ob- <clears throat> oh, sorry go on i was just gonna say object permanence was probably one of my favorites i like tough love as well and family and friends um i like my yeah. top the three that I sort of thought they're the they're the three I really enjoyed. Yeah, I liked Tough Love as well. That almost came across a bit more like a sort of more of a traditional just kind of rock number, sort of this gentle start and then builds into this kind of jaunty like stomp along kind of um guitar. There's a bit of a guitar solo near the end. Um it had some nice little lyrics in it in a way that we were talking about how a lot of the lyrics just kind of passed over my head while listening to this. There were a few that stood out and there was a line in that song about you love the smell of the smoke until it got on your clothes, which I just thought was a really was a really um was a really engaging image and, and, and kind of stuck out in a way that a lot of the other lyrics are either quite prosaic or slightly cliched or just kind of quite forgettable. Um what was the was it family and friends that you said you really liked as well? Yes, sorry. Um yeah, I've muted myself at the moment because I'm coughing a lot. Um, so if there's any weird pauses in the recording, apologies. Um, yeah, yeah. I do you know what I didn't like so much. Family and friends. I felt like penultimate song on the record. It just felt a bit meh. It felt like it sounds almost like it could be like a top twenty hit, like a sort of you know. When, and when you were saying earlier in the in the recording how you could see them being massive. I think it's because the tracks like that, that sounds like there's a lot of those, that, a lot of people recording stuff that's kind of taking the influences of pop punk or of all these things, but it's essentially a pop record. And that song sounded like one of those, those sort of treated, slightly processed drums. Um, it, it's, it sounded more, it sounded more like a, um, it sounded more like a pop artist trying to do a, a, a track that made them seem more serious or whatever. Um, than the rest of the records. It didn't quite land so much for me. Um, the other one that I particularly liked, um, 
gosh, was it? I'm just having to look at the track listing because I now can't remember. Can I guess? Which one it was. Go on then. Was it muscle memory? No, that was again, that was another Okay. one that I thought was a bit flat. Um, it was In Loving Memory. I thought that was good. That had like a Oh, massive yeah. opening. There's like a the guitar riff just plays on its own and then everything kicks in. It just felt like they were invested in the song in a bit more of a way than I felt like they're oddly quite absent from a lot of the songs on the record. But it felt like they were really, they were really into that. Um, and I couldn't work out whether... He was using this because he said something about when you lose all your muscle memory, forget how to stand. I won't let you forget me. And I couldn't work out whether it's a, a sort of metaphor for being there for someone, even as time sort of takes their pressure. Or he's actually talking about someone who's got, I don't know, some sort of condition or whatever. Um, but I just thought it, it, it was a really affecting song. Like it, sometimes sincerity is off putting in songs. But here I thought it worked and it just had like a it had an energy. to it it gripped me in a way that some of the other songs just feel a bit flat a bit anodyne um so yeah i really liked that Yeah, I actually think I'd confused um, two of the tracks there. Having just opened the lyrics to In Loving Memory, that is one of the songs that I really liked, and I can't, I'm now not sure what I thought it was. I think uh, my brain frog is, breath, brain frog, oh my God, my brain fog uh, has confused me the tracks there. Yeah, I, so we may as well talk about this one now as we're, as we're on it. I, I sort of read this, listened to this as like, um, I think he's talking about possibly a grandfather. Um, Right. what does it say? Like you raised me like a father when we're choking our child support. So like, it made me think it was someone um, like family member and stuff. And then it's talking about uh, like having dementia and then like stuff like that. And I think what I, what I heard it as was possibly like a song about a, a grandparent, a
the intent and execution meet up. But I don't think that always happens throughout with that kind of um, heartfelt nature. Yeah, I agree completely. That's that almost exactly echoes what I was thinking. Like it's it's obviously like they've tried to write an honest record, but I feel like a lot of the lyrics are not necessarily cliche, but like a bit rote. Like, like they've listened to a lot of emo bands write earnest songs and gone, this is how we need to write our songs. And they're, they're about topics that are genuine to them and about genuine feelings, but they do just feel a bit like, like I've said already, like they could have been anyone writing them. And they haven't quite got like that direct connection, like you say, like it doesn't doesn't always hit home because it does feel a bit like words as lyrics rather than feelings as lyrics. Mm. Um, just throwing out pretentious uh, phrases there. No, I but, like that. <laughs> We're saying that like you were talking head on one of those slightly knobby um, BBC Four kind of talking yeah. heads shows. <laughs> it's feelings is uh, feelings as lyrics is important. I can imagine like Brian Eno or someone like saying someone like that saying it. Yeah, but do you see what I mean though? Like, like yeah, I did feel like like the emotions are always there in every track. It is it is an emotional record, but a lot of it seems more like lip service to the emotion rather than like a genuine connection. Yeah, I think if we compare it with the first record, the record that we started with with, with this podcast, the Wonder Years record, which to all intents and purposes, is mining a lot of similar territory. It's about the past. It's about families. It's about someone reflecting on their life. But there was genuine... You know, the emotions conveyed there felt raw and honest and and really landed in a way that they just feel flat here. And partially, I suspect, that's because you're talking about bands at very different ends of their career. Like, I, I don't know exactly how old the arm's length guys are, but, um, you know, the Wonder Years are however long into their career. And 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 so I think it's a, it's a question, I think, of the songwriting developing over that time, but also just your age as well and the way that you think about life and the way that you reflect on it is different. Yeah, and it's interesting. I read a, a, a interview on Brooklyn Vegan with these guys when I was looking for some information about the um, the record because they are, like I said, a much newer band than I realised they were. I thought they'd been around longer than they have. Um, and yeah. they, in that, the, I think it's the vocalist talks about that one year's record being one of his favourite records of this year. Um, and you can see that sort of influence in it. But yeah, they're definitely young. Um, I don't know how old they are, but I, I pulled their Instagram up earlier and I think my first thought was, well, oh, these are like teens and early 20 year olds writing music and and that's what it comes across as. And I say like judging them next to a band like the Wonder Years who have done 12, 13 years in music. And I would say the, the first Wonder Years record wasn't as good as this, um, which is why I think I like these guys. And I think I can see a real potential if they, they carry on for five, ten years being an amazing band. Um, because they're already a very good band for for a young band of like two self-released EPs and one album is is pretty good to sound like they do. But yeah, it just the the good things about that come with the negatives and the negatives are it all does sound just a little bit not like I keep wanting to say dishonest, but it's not dishonest. It's it's a band playing around with other bands' sounds as opposed yeah. to having really found their own sound. And like, you know, that is an absolute classic of someone on their first record. But I think you're absolutely right. Like, I reckon, I think 
if they have the time to really work out what their identity is, hone their songwriting, play loads of shows, I reckon they could end up writing that absolutely brilliant records. Um, because when, as we said, you know, on those songs where it does land, and like Aries Moth song was another one that I really liked. And at those moments where it, do, it does land, you think, yeah, they've got proper songwriting shops, they've got good musicianship, um, they're interesting, um, they haven't got consistency yet, but there's nothing to say. Um, there's nothing to say that they won't get that over time. So I'd be, I would be really, really interested to see what they do next. Yeah, agreed. I think there's um, if they if they can take all the good things from this record and all the good things they've done before this record, and just being a year or two older, I think their next record will be like hopefully one we cover on this and can talk about how much we've seen them grow and how good it sounds um let's talk about um i suppose we've covered quite a lot of it like you say like the the strong stuff is that when the songs land they're very very good when they don't it's they're just a bit forgettable was there anything in particular you felt like like let the record down other than that sort of forgettableness or like a particular track that you felt didn't work I think it's that I think there's a sequencing issue and I think the sequencing issue comes from the fact that there aren't consistently good songs is the fact that you have in loving memory uh, which is brilliant and you're like wow actually if they ended the record on that I'd be like wow and instead you go to family and friends which we've already talked about I just I it seems like the least them of the songs on the record it just doesn't land and then they finish with dirge and it's musically like it's you know it's a compelling song it just sounds a little bit like they're trying too hard to find the big epic closer and it has you know sort of orchestra there's like strings coming on it and it does the whole building to this huge kind of conclusion um but it just all felt a little bit too much like snow patrol or something like that like someone's like right this is a big stadium rock anthemic closer and it just didn't quite do it for me so the album just really runs out of steam. You know, you have this really great record and then you just have the great song rather. And then it just goes to two where that were just le less engaging. And I think you have the other, you have a similar problem at the other end of the record. Like again, Overture, which is a very grandiose title for a song, unless obviously you're like a sort of Russian composer from the 19th century. <laughs> it's a very grandiose title for a song. The actual sort of style of that song is quite grandiose as well. It's very slow. It's sort of anthemic again, a bit like Dirge. And I can see why they've, you know, they've bookended the album with those two records, Overture and Dirge, that sort of musical reference linking the two. And musically, they're quite similar. And it, But it just feels a bit, it felt a bit too restrained. It didn't quite get going. It kind of builds this crunchy end, but it didn't. For, for the first record out of, for the first song, song out of the blocks at the beginning of the record you want something that really sets the intent and, and grabs it and i think it unintentionally sets it in the intent for the album in being slightly underwhelming in in its execution so i think yeah they i, I would say there's no genuinely bad songs on here there's no songs where you're like god i would have to flick that and there are songs where i think i don't love it on record but probably live actually in the right context it'd be brilliant i think the sequencing lets it down but i don't know that you would could necessarily sequence it differently because you put those weak tracks on the end in the middle and then you've just got a flabby bit that you don't really want to stick around and listen to so much so i think it it comes back to that just they haven't got a consistently high quality of of songwriting yet 
yeah yeah for me it feels like they're almost there but not quite um like you said i would swap object permanence and overture around i actually really liked overture i just didn't think it was a good opening track mm-hmm. um and yeah like in loving memory would have been a great close again i like dirge but i felt lyrically dirge was the most like like i guess i'm going to use a very american term here like high school music track not high school musical not to be confused but like (laughs) where let me just pull the lyrics up because it's like first lines about dying young and then there's like all these bits about like the family tree and like there's no consistency through the song it feels like they've just gone right we need a song with this metaphor and this reference and this reference and we've just got to write them all and like talk about dying and talk about like the ocean and talk about these things and the the track just doesn't really have have like a solid path whereas yeah i think in loving memory didn't i think actually if they just finished the record on in loving memory like they didn't even need to add those last two songs on it could have quite easily been a nine track album and i think that would have made it a better record as well because i think if those last two tracks are missing you open with object permanence and then you've got like i say overture is a good song it's just not a great opener object permanence is good uh moth song like tough love formative age muscle memory playing mercy i liked everything as i knew it i can't remember which is not normally a good thing um but for a whole i think taking those two tracks out brings up the percentage of strong to more forgettable tracks a lot and makes it a lot more of a it just makes it a stronger record and like being quite critical of this record because i feel like that's sort of how we've got into this but i like i really enjoyed this it just it i enjoy it more knowing it's their first album but I would have liked a little bit more memorability in some memorability. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with that being a real. I'm word. gonna go with it. The English language is a it's a flexible bit. <laughs> yeah, I feel like they just needed a little bit more of something in a few of the tracks, and it would have been a really strong offering. Yeah, I wanted to like it more than I liked it actually, because every song came on and like the sort of touch points and the, the references. I was like, yeah, I love that band that they're like clearly sort mm. of echoing here, and I genuinely love this sort of style of music but it just didn't fully grab me no no i think possibly also as a summer record it might have been better as well like we yeah. how we listen to these records is a, is about that initial feeling and the initial sort of emotion and the stuff that you get out of it and i think listening to this in a cold winter's day like everything's a bit like meh. whereas if you're in the summer and you're playing this on some speakers in a field having a barbecue i feel like it, it becomes a lot more enjoyable yeah. Um, no, I think you're right. I think listening to it in the dark and the you know the unrelenting rain that we had last week, it does make it harder to connect with it as well. Like it is quite, a, despite it's quite like um, depressing or like it's it, it's not a sort of summary record in terms of being really happy. It's not a summary record in terms of its lyrical focus, but just has a sort of jaunty sound that i think is more summary i think you're absolutely right yeah um right let's take a quick break there and then we'll just close out this episode when we come back all right welcome back um yeah so just sort of before we carry on talking about the record i just um want to read like the 
the description that a fan has written of this album on i think it's on the genius website so so they are a small young band they're from from ontario i think they've got quite a um a, a decent like i don't know if it's a local following or like the, the from what i've seen online like the fans they have seem to be quite quite hardcore fans like they're they're they love the band um and i just sort of want to read this out and see what you think about it so just going to read this bit out um so it says never before seen never again found is the debut lp from quinta west i assume that's the town they live in uh, ontario band arm's length along with its title titanic emo punk compositions and melodic beauty never before seen never again found feels like a defining record of a new generation of emo because of where it's from Three young people grappling with the brutality, confusion, and deep-rooted family traumas of 21st century life amid the funerals, farm fields, and strip malls of rural small-town Ontario with little hope of getting out. So, like, I think it's quite a lot of hyperbole. Like, I don't think it's the next generation of uh, of emo. Like, I think that these guys definitely have a position in and a chance to be in position to be a big band in the, the new generation of, of that sort of emo um this sort of path of like that post hardcore emo sort of style of music um i don't know that i would describe it as having titanic where is it i mean i i could, that bit i can kind of sympathize with because that sort of jousting at the sort of idea that we were talking about that they're going for really epic on you know yeah. we looked at like overture and dirge or whatever i think to to sort of argue that they're progenitors of some new sound like they're not doing anything new or, and that, that was kind of our problem with it. And I think it's like, I don't think it's some huge shift in, in, in the sound. I don't think it, um, so I, I think that's where I'd quibble. I think a lot of the actual ways that they describe the band, I'm like, yep, yeah, this absolutely sounds like the record that I listened to. But it's that, I think it's that, that then claim for their sort of importance and what they're doing with it that I'd, that I'd quibble with. It is really interesting, though, that they situate like the sort of geographical situation of the band, because I try not to do when it's bands I don't know I try, on, on this. I try not to do any research into it because I think it's actually I just want to see what does the record sound like and how does the music alone grab me. But I think some of the things that we talked about make sense in the context of like what that review was saying or what that person was saying about their kind of their background in terms of where they're growing up and the reflection that that, that of the kind of the community they're from, that the lives they're living. And I think it's interesting, possibly, maybe, you know, when I go back and listen to this again, where we talked about how I felt like there was a kind of detachment, even at the same time as there was like earnest lyrics, I felt like there was a detachment or a kind of barrier there. Actually, maybe I'm being unfair and actually maybe that sort of trauma that that, 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 person talked about there is reflected in a kind of dead-eyed report reporting and actually that's like that flatness comes from like that's that's a response to trauma like actually that's a conscious kind of way of writing those lyrics now it might be that I go back and listen again and go, no, nope, that's actually an incorrect thesis and they are just flat but it will be interesting I think when I go and listen to it a second time to think about that yeah agreed and that is part of the beauty of this isn't it we listen to it once and then for the most part you tend to then learn a bit more about the band learn a bit more about the music and then you go back and re-listen and sometimes your opinions change sometimes they don't 
Um, but I also wonder as well, like reading that, like, are we missing some of the the emotion behind? It? Like we're saying, oh, I didn't feel this genuine sort of feeling behind. It. Like, are we missing a bit of it by being thirty something? And these guys are like, I say, like, I wonder if they've even hit their twenties yet. Like, are some of those sort of flat emotions more? More like, it's just hard for us to un- in- in- sort of inhabit that emotional headspace and imagine what it's be th- to be like to be them and therefore it's, yeah. it seems yeah yeah I think you know look, everyone brings a kind of egotism and a selfishness when they listen to music they listen to it through their lens and I think that's a really interesting challenge that you've raised there and again maybe when I sort of go back to it or we both go back to we try and listen to it not fully with our heads on but kind of bring that other perspective to it as well yeah um, I, I do think like like what I was gonna say like our we're of that generation of like we were sort of raised not to talk about our feelings um as guys and found like oh i don't know i'm I'm speaking for both of us here and i shouldn't do i was that was how i sort of felt like i didn't feel like i could talk about my feelings growing up and in the sort of bands i related to what i loved was that they were aggressively sharing their feelings like they weren't just sort of saying i'm sad things are bad like it was it always felt painful to listen to you could feel their pain whereas actually our our people now a lot more like i'm sharing these negative emotions more earnestly but with less like not less anguish but like less vocal anguish because it feels more normal to talk about this sadness whereas like the guys and girls we were listening to were a lot more like i've not been told i can do this but i'm almost rebelling by talking about it i don't know it all all might be Again, just that's, uh... a, that's a really interesting thesis though i think um and i'm definitely going to listen to this record again and i think having those thoughts at the back of our head will really um will really help actually yeah and i do think this is one as well like a little bit sort of not like the a couple of the other ones like not like the special interest record not even really like the devil wears prada record that you can put this on in the background on loop and the album could play through for four hours while you're having like dinner and drinks with friends whatever and it would be enjoyable the whole time like you don't really need to listen to it to to enjoy it and i think possibly that would it's better served in those sort of environments as like just music to be music versus to sit and try and think about analytically like we are and talk about it like that yeah Um, yeah so we've sort of we normally talk a little bit about opening and closing up we both said i think they had better songs they could have opened and closed with on the record definitely i think in love and memory would have been the choice for a closer but then would closing on a track called in loving memory have been the same as about 400 other records like i think i've got a playlist with two in loving memories on it already by different bands yeah and like fair play to them for trying something um you know like i think it's 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 the record made by a band that's trying stuff out and and i applaud that when it works, it's good. As I said, when I when it doesn't, it's less engaging for me. I think overall for me, it's probably like a six out of ten record at the moment. Maybe I'll, that would go up from repeat listens. Yeah, I think I'm I'm sort of a seven and a half ish. Um, I think I'll probably enjoy it more once I've listened to it because this is one that I'll put on when I'm driving and listen to quite a lot. Um, because I do like the band, I do like this sort of music, and I think probably over time it, I'll enjoy it more and more. But I think having to listen to a record 15 times to to remember the lyrics and to pick the songs you like out is is not a 
not a strong thing like you you want to find a band listen and go amazing like yeah um like the devil the devil wears prada record is a good one for me like there were tracks on that that i put on and were immediately like i know half the words to this song because i never managed to learn all the words in one go because my memory for lyrics is terrible but like i know the words i know the choruses i am fully ready to sing along to this immediately Mm. and that sticks whereas i think this one has a lot of like good songs that over time you'd find yourself singing along to but it will take time but yeah again another band that live a hundred percent i think would be really really incredible to see um yeah i think that's sort of that's sort of my final thoughts on the record enjoyed it we'll listen to it many many more times just think they missed the mark a few times through the record yeah right i think it feels like we've reached the kind of natural end there in terms of what we've got to say about the record i would definitely say to people i know i've sort of said it's a six out of ten and you might be thinking well i'm not gonna waste my time with that i would say go and check it out it's a it's a record that's worth investing 45 minutes in you might enjoy it more than i did you might not but i, th- I think it, it's it's um it's an interesting record it's a record that speaks of a band with real promise um and i think if they can work on some of those bits yeah really fascinated to see what they do next um sean any final sort of thoughts on the record before we wrap things up today um, yeah to echo what you said like if you've got spotify now this is free to listen to you're not spending any money and i'd say like as a as we said like a six out of ten record it's a very strong six out of ten record it's just not got the diversity and and sticking power of like what what we would expect but it's it's not a six out of ten in that you're sitting there going oh this is hard to listen to like it's very very yeah. listenable and very enjoyable um and if nothing else if you listen to it and find a track you like i think in two or three years when when all your friends are listening to these guys because they've blown up you can be like i heard them first and everyone likes a few little hipster points of being able to be the first one to listen likes their brownie points of getting into the band before they get them so yeah i like them when they're on that indie label actually so (laughs) and on that note if you once you've listened to this record you should listen to a couple of their earlier singles garamond and watercolor in particular both have a lot more um like you can feel the post hardcore influence a lot more and they've got i think a little bit more they're a little bit more heartfelt so they're worth checking out as well um but yeah other than that just again apologies for uh the delay in the episode coming out so will was sick first and then i have been sick since i'm still sick now um which is why i've been a bit stumbly and having to keep pausing to cough and splutter and um, so appreciate anyone that's uh stuck out listening to to this one and we are going to try and get the episode up on the normal day this week, all being well. So do keep your eyes peeled. And please do um, shout about this to your friends if you've enjoyed it. To get your friends to listen to it, family or whatever. We're sort of seven episodes in now and feel like finally we're sort of getting to the point, which is not to say that it's the finished product or even necessarily much more polished than when we did episode one. But it suddenly feels like, okay, we've got a body body of episodes for people to dig into a range of different stuff get go and share it with people that would be much appreciated yeah that's everything from me thanks very much will thanks sean and thanks to those of you that have suffered uh, through listening to us waffle for another week and uh, we hope you enjoyed it